Hi guys, thank you for joining me on this episode. Today I'm talking to Ashna Lula, who is an architect, interior designer, and writer from Chennai. Ashna and I worked on a book together called With Love Madras that's available to purchase now. Listen along to find out what goes on behind the scenes of writing and developing a book in this conversation with me and Ashna. I know you as an architect, as an interior designer, as someone who loves to write. And we met when I was hosting a writing workshop. What made you join that writing workshop? I think Instagram just sent that workshop my way. And at that time, I was, I just begun, like we had just begun working on the book. So I was like three, four essays in. So the book we're talking about is With Love Madras, where you have documented a series of homes in Madras, now known as Chennai. Um, and where is this book available to order? Just so every, anyone that's listening, if they want to order it, where can they go to find it? So the book is available on our website, uh, withlovemadras.com. And it's also available on Amazon. Okay, great. And it's shipping only in India right now. Yeah, as of now, it's shipping only in India. So when you uh, came to the workshop, you were already working on the book. Yeah, it was just, it was in the very initial stages, like just three, four essays in. And what was the seed of that thought? Why had you started writing about homes anyway? I think in June of 2020, the pandemic had just begun. Vignesh and I, Vignesh is my co-author on the book. We were actually shooting like this apartment, which didn't really look or feel like an apartment. It was more like a tropical bungalow in the middle of the city. The two of us didn't know the clients. We didn't know, we didn't have any context into their lives. But what happened, like like what progressed through the day was that we became more aware of their story. We saw so much of them in their spaces. And that was a refreshing insight to us because Vignesh and I are both architects. And we've always been on the side where you like complete a project and then you document it. And it's always our perspective. Whereas in this, we didn't have an architect mediating this entire scene. So it was purely the homeowner's perspective. And we also felt that both of us worked in Bangalore and we felt that Madras as a city wasn't really represented in the design space. And I felt like there must be like a hundred other homes, you know, that were lived in, that were put together by homeowners that had so much more of the homeowners than them, than picture perfect photoshopped homes that, you know, architects present. So that really was the start of the book. Typically, homes are always showcased in that very like refined, clean aesthetic. And I always wonder like, okay, this is at the day of handover. But what does the house look like once somebody has lived in it? As architects, when we when you design other spaces, like any public space or like a restaurant or a hotel, it's catered to a larger audience. So everything that you do is on a very macro level. But a home is the only space where you're catering it to that particular family. And I feel like 
a home should be an extension of that person. It becomes that much more enjoyable when, you know, the homeowner can connect with their home. It also is a story or a portrait of your life. I mean, I'm understanding a little bit more about your uh, point of view when it comes to architecture and interior design. Where does your interest for writing come from? I was always a voracious reader growing up. I consumed a lot of fiction. And I think when I began architecture and when I started interning, I realized that I had to work a lot harder than my colleagues because, you know, they seem to know that much more. And I thought one way to do it was just to consume a lot more design content. So I would start my day uh, reading, you know, the best design publications. And I read like, you know, for an hour every day before work. And then I started realizing how much I enjoyed the way, you know, articles were written. You know, I always wondered if I could be on that side because I was an architect and I really enjoyed reading the content. And I thought it would be really interesting to, you know, interview, meet those different kinds of designers, see the intersection between design and like design and food or design and writing or, you know, and just even different worlds of design itself. It was just always a thought, like I never really acted on it until that shoot and until that moment of, you know, until the idea came about and I was like, okay, if I don't do it now, I'm never going to do it. And I'm not losing anything. This is just going to be a fun process. I I know you're not supposed to have favorites, but do you have a favorite? Yeah, I do actually have a favorite. And that's the first first story in my book. And actually you told me, like, I remember I had, um, when we had ordered the book, I had placed it last. And you were like, why? And I said, no, save the best for the last. And you were like, no, start start with a bang. So I think my favorite home in the book was uh, Fireflies in the Mango Orchard, Ranjit and Mitch's uh, story. And because it just seemed incredible that a home like that actually existed in the city. You know, like they lived in an orchard. Again, took me back to Enid Blyton, the coming together of both their personalities. Like he grew up in Calcutta and he grew up around antiques and heritage mansions. And she grew up in Kerala. She spent most of her childhood running around the plantations. So their home is like this beautiful bungalow that it has like the Kerala architecture. It's filled with the most gorgeous lamps, really cool record players, art that's collected over time. And, you know, really like tastefully done. And then it's engulfed in this whole tropical expanse. So I think like, you know, both their personalities rubbed off each other and the home is just such a beautiful uh, amalgamation of their two styles. Yeah, I really like that story that you'd written too. And going back to what you said about, you know, keeping it at the end of the book versus keeping it, moving it to the beginning of the book, that's a very uh, technical choice just like if you don't grab your reader in the beginning they're not going to stay to find out what's great at the end what do you like looking back what do you think were some of your like main challenges for me personally from a writing standpoint what was challenging was I had a very structured method to do this so I prepared a list of questions but uh, what I realized with 
was that my essays were starting to feel very repetitive because my questions were the same and I wasn't really tugging at what the essence of the home or the homeowner was. And I think that's when at that point, like when I was two, three homes in is when I did the workshop. And then I started to look at, you know, I started to look at my essays with the lens of what I'd learned at the workshop. And then I remember reaching out to you and I said, here, I think I'd sent you five essays. And then you gave me like 20 points with what was what could be worked on and what didn't work. And then I realized that I didn't have a writing degree. I'd never studied literature. I'd never worked in publishing. And I didn't want this to be like an amateur effort. So I thought that getting you on board, not as an editor, but more as, you know, someone who could creatively direct would you know, just make the product that much better. That's when we decided to get mentors, like Vignesh got a mentor for photography. We reached out to people on the internet and they were really kind, like they would jump on Zoom calls and, you know, give us feedback. And his photography, we, we both had steep learning curves with our writing and photography. And what I realized with you, with what you made me do that really worked was that, you know, meet the homeowners, get a little lens into their story and, you know, keep that really like informal and then come up with a list of questions, you know, after the recce and then go and like interview them. And then I think what really helped was then like when I sent you the responses, we would like, you know, brainstorm and strategize what angle we could, you know, develop for each story. So what was challenging was that the subject was the same, right? It was 20 homes. So how do how do I make each home feel unique yet tied together to the umbrella of Madras home? So I think that was challenging for me, but then I got like a lot of help from you. Honestly, the idea is so good because when I see the book, even when you told me about the idea, I was like, okay, this is great because I have not seen South Indian homes the way that you have shown them in the book. I have not seen homes lived in in India. That itself is so exciting. I'm like, I want to see that. It's sort of voyeuristic. I want to see how somebody else lives. And you've given people an amazing opportunity to do that. But also then to showcase South Indian architecture, some of them have very native styles of architecture, like the Chetiar homes and the, you know, the Tanjore paintings and the open courtyards and everything. What advice would you give to somebody that's contemplating writing a book? I would say that um, I reached out to a lot of people on the internet, people who had self-published, people who had published, all the insight that I got, like I got little, like little you know, nuggets of information from everybody and that kind of added up. And I think that when you're doing something like this, then you should reach out to people who have done it so that, you know, you can get something from their journey. Second thing that I think that really worked well for me, well for me and Vignesh was getting someone who is, you know, way better than you to mentor you and for you to be accountable to. I think you had said that we'll work on it for three months. And that period, I was extremely productive because I had to show you something every week. So I had to, you know, put in the work. And what I really liked was that we had like one brainstorm session and then I would submit and then you would edit and you would give your feedback. And then we would like, you know, discuss four or five essays. So I think working with someone who is, you know, experienced in the field, I think like you really like had the like the overall vision and 
you know, we were accountable to you versus me and Vignesh doing it amongst ourselves. And the third thing is that the feeling of the feeling that we got after documenting each home was incredible because one, we just learned a different story. There was always something to take back. And someone told me on that journey, another writer told me that, you know, use that feeling on the hard days because the hard days are going to be so much more than the good ones. Like everyone I spoke to at that point, you know, they would ask me, what are you doing? And I said, I'm writing a book, I'm writing a book. And I always felt like, you know, I was I was cheating in some capacity because I really had nothing to show for, right? So I was trying to seek that validation. So I think like having a mentor, showing up consistently and taking some kind of action every day. All of these points are such great advice. Just like you're saying, it's not a closed loop. It's not like... You start a job in the morning and six hours later, you've completed a task. You don't get that sense of completion, like the loop is not closed, you know? So you're kind of just like, am I doing enough? Is is this enough? Is this, am I doing anything? Like, is this going to be worth it? And the next day you're like looking at something you wrote the previous day and you're like, this is completely trash. I need to start all over again. And it is a lot of like, it's not organized in a linear way. You know, sometimes you have to go back and you have to change things or you have to rewrite things. But I think what you're saying is to make it feel in some way, like you have a routine and you have an, you know, a sense of organization. Otherwise, if you think about writing 200 pages, like, where do I start? Where, what's, what's my beginning, middle and end? And how do I know that I'm done? Those are really, really good pointers. In fact, I struggle with the same thing because I don't have somebody to be accountable for. I just have to show up for myself. And when you're showing up for yourself, there is such an internal debate and, you know, dialogue that often derails you from what you're setting out to do. So I think like you're saying, it helps to have other people that have done it before to talk to them, to understand what their experience has been. And now you're one of those people. So, you know, there's a completely other side to this, which is the sort of business landscape of writing a book, publishing a book, marketing a book, which has today become the writer's job in a lot of ways. What were some of the like business roadblocks or some of the things that while you were going into the publishing of the book that you were not prepared for or you had to learn very quickly? So I remember the two of us, we worked on the proposal pitch for almost three weeks. It's uh, even applying to a publisher or like sending a pitch to a publisher. It's kind of like going to college, right? You need to find the right fit. So we like, you know, looked at a bunch of books that came under our genre. And then we realized that there were very few publishing houses in India, which did that kind of book. And it only made sense to reach out to them. I think the more conversations we had with the right people and the better questions we asked, our path to self-publishing became clear. You know, given the timelines that we had imposed on ourselves and given the amount of time we had invested in the process and the money that we had invested, we felt that self-publishing wasn't such a bad idea. But of course, then we had to take on marketing, sales, distribution, and Vignesh and I kind of divided our responsibilities. It was important. I think it was really good that we underwent the process of writing this pitch and approaching publishers and hearing no's or hearing these stats because it reaffirmed why we should go down the self-publishing route and also helped us articulate and get really concise with why we were doing what we were doing. 
I'm learning that you are an extremely determined person. First of all, just even writing the book requires a superhuman sort of determination and willpower that today, given the kind of technology-ridden lives we all lead, it's hard for me to even pay attention to a 30-minute show. The fact that you committed to doing something that was so long-term, you got it done, and then you and Vignesh proceeded to then take on this task of self-publishing it and making sure that the printing is good, the quality is good, the color looks good, you're reaching out to the right people, you're putting it in the right places to be seen by other people, having these events. It's it's a level of determination that I can't even wrap my head around, but I think you need to have some level of that to be able to do a hard thing, especially in today's day and age. Do you ever feel like to yourself, like, wow, I did something incredibly, incredibly difficult? Or are you just like, no, it was... It was a task and I did it. It was uh, very challenging to convince myself that I was doing something meaningful. More than convincing everybody else because, I mean, people are going to ask you what you're up to and what you're doing. And that's just a one-minute conversation that they pro- it doesn't even linger on in their heads, but it lingered on in my head. And for two years, I was doing other things. This was also something that I was focused on. What was really hard was just beating that negative self-talk. And then I realized that, you know, for my kind of personality, because I'm extremely anxious, the only way to do things is to focus on that one thing and do that really well and then move on to the next thing. And I think that's worked for me, like one thing led to another, because the book did actually open doors for me. Like I did get to write for Indian publications like AD and Eldecor. That's because they found our page and then they reached out. I didn't even know that was a possibility, right? So it did open doors for me. Basically, this entire journey made me realize that at least for me, what works is not really having a grand plan or a long-term plan, but just doing that next thing really well so that I don't have any guilt that I didn't show up. And I also know that I gave it my best and that's all I can control. That's also something we had a brief conversation about. I think the last time I talked to you when you were telling me that you were a contributing writer, we weren't at all thinking that something like that was going to come from it. But that is something that I've heard from a lot of people. You are setting yourself up for opportunities and you are opening doors for yourself without realizing that you're doing it. Like That's kind of an amazing side effect to what you set out to do is that these opportunities have presented themselves to you. So I'm very happy for you. And I think that kind of brings us to the end of the episode. Thank you for making time to talk to me. And I've learned a lot. So I'm really happy that we got to do this. And I'm so proud of you. Thank you. I hope people will go to the website and Amazon to order it. What's the Instagram that you want to leave at the end of this episode? I think with Love Madras. Thank you, Ashna, for joining me. And I hope uh, we talk again soon.